If we haven't met, my name is Darren Fred, and uh, we're going to be talking about heaven. Get ready to have your mind blown. Not by me, but by some ideas and some thoughts. So this is our second week, as Donnie said, of the Encounter series. And after, after last week, Pastor Derry asked if you would, wanted to go take pictures of your favorite place to encounter God or to pray. And these are some of the photos we received. So look up there. There's a nice little intimate room. Quiet place. Mom's warboard. Zach's warboard. Dad's warboard. On a bike. Can you encounter God on a bike? On a bicycle? Yes. This is a crow's nest apparently at a rodeo. I just found that out. Pretty cool. Hi, you look nice. Nice smile. That's the stuff. Can I encounter God with my cat purring on my torso and rubbing my face with his little head, marking me as his, and then waiting for me to die so he can eat me? That's, all right, heaven. Our father, that was awful, I agree. But I, they, I just heard that, I know this is really random, but I heard that one time that if you die you're, and you have a cat and you're alone with it, that eventually it will eat you. I can't, I haven't confirmed that. All right, let's see if we can get back into the heaven stuff. Our father who is in heaven, or... As scholars say, heavens, the word is plural. Heavens is not singular, which we will see, which you probably already knew. In 2005, the late David Foster Wallace gave a commencement address at Canyon College in Ohio. The name of the, commen of the address, the title of it was, This is Water. Maybe you read it. Maybe, maybe it would be good to read it. It, it started out like, he started the speech this way. There are these two young fish swimming along, and they happen to meet an older fish swimming the other way, who nods at them and says, Morning, boys. How's the water? And the two young fish swim on for a bit, and then eventually one of them looks over at the other and says, What in the world is water? See what I'm... See what he's talking about? May we be aware of what we were swimming in, what we were passing through. What is water? That's the question. What is heaven? Well, heaven is where you go when you die. Heaven is a piece of Grandma Gowing's Strawberry pie. <laughs> Heaven is what we see at night, in the day. Where is heaven? When is heaven? As the, the, the word used for heaven is applied in different ways, it's it, throughout scripture and in life in general, but it's the expanse 
over and above earth. And secondly, the dwelling place of God. Is that geographical? And third, and more esoteric and more profound and spiritual, heaven is a spiritual state of oneness with eternity in God. Like when, when we say, I'm in heaven, we're talking about a spiritual or a psychological state. In the beginning, first sentence in the scriptures, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. God created the heavens, said for the birds of the air and for the stars and for the lights to rule the day and the night. Later on, it says God is in heaven. Jesus said God is in heaven. The psalmist said God is in heaven. So where was God before God made heaven? Our Father in heaven. Different ideas, different places. When we love people and they die, we say what? They're in heaven or they're with Jesus. Then Jesus said he came from there and was going back there. And in Jesus' last speech, he said, he said, I'm going to heaven, or I'm going to prepare a place for you. But he also said, I'll be with you wherever you go. <laughs> right? He said he'd be with them one way or another. He'd leave them, he'd come back. And always, even when he was there, he'd be here. In April of 2010, my father-in-law knew he was going to die. And it came on suddenly. He was sick. He was a good man. I, I, uh, he was thoughtful and thorough and bright and intentional. Very, he's like the opposite of me. <laughs> and uh, the only thing he and I had in common is we loved the same girl, his daughter Melody. But we had an understanding, and he was really good to me. And uh, when he found out he was going to die, it was just two or three days they gave him in. But he took visitors in. He entertained people. And, but it was for the last time. And we watched him have all these last talks with people. There, there's Ray talking to Bob, just like always. They're talking about tools and trucks and whatever else, but it's the last one. And so you really pay attention. And he said some things to me that I wrote down. When someone's talking to you and you know it's the last time, you lean in. And if, if we ever know it's the last conversation we're having with a kid or something, we, pay, we think about it, what we want to say. He, he was very practical, too. He, he told my brother-in-law, his son, you know, I have a lead on some tires in Greeley for that trailer that I haul things around with. And you should follow up on that after I'm in heaven. Who says that? <laughs> and they were used tires. <laughs> the, what was interesting was he didn't say new things <clears throat> or make grand speeches. He repeated to us what he'd been trying to say and be and become all the way along. He said the things he said, but he said them the last time he would say them. And it occurred to me that if you always tried to say and be what you thought was true and what you thought was the way of the kingdom and the way of love, 
then maybe you don't have to come up with anything new when you're wrapping things up here. I'm not talking about living life with no regrets. That's a bumper sticker. A bumper sticker that should never be on a bumper. Because if you don't have any regrets, you're just not really thinking very hard. Reflecting. Sorry. Now, I know that Ray Gowing was my father-in-law and Jesus is Jesus. But I think about this la these last things Ray said, and then I think about these last things that Jesus said. And what we have in common here is that someone we loved was leaving, and we were listening to him say goodbye. Let's enter into this listening now. Let's lean in as Jesus talks about where he's going, who he is, and what will be. John 14, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, no, we do not know the way to where you are going. Hey, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? Jesus answered, which is a, a reasonable thing to say, right? Jesus said, so Thomas is being literal. And Jesus is being something beyond literal. It's still truth, but it's something more philosophical, more spiritual, more transcendent. And that's a, that creates some tension when we have people being very concrete with people being spiritual and philosophical. Where are you going? Lord, show us the way. Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. And Philip said, No, Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, Don't you know me, Philip? Even after I have been among you such a long time, Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me, the Father who is in heaven? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me or at least believe on the evidence of the work that works themselves. Man, this is heavy stuff. Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father, and I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. Think about that. Well, I get a Kleenex. I'm getting over a cold. These words, Father's house, a place, going and returning, preparing, 
Father. It's a farewell speech we're reading, and Jesus says right at the beginning, don't let your hearts be troubled, which is what my father-in-law did. And then he says all this stuff that he's been saying, and it's hard to understand some of it, but it seems to so good. And, and then he says again, don't let your hearts be troubled. I'm going somewhere you can't follow. I'm leaving, but you'll see me. But some people won't. People seeing and not seeing at the same time in the same space. When you see something and you know it, you just know at a deeper level. But there are not words and there's not this ability to convince somebody that this is truth. This is what it is. I, I uh, in a while, I'll take you to where I am. Got to create space for ye boys. And Father and I will come to your space. And you'll come over to Father's space. But I'll be with you even when I'm not with you. We'll see you, but you'll be somewhere else. Yeah. Okay. I think I got it. I had a professor um, who was the most, I think, the most compelling teacher I ever knew. He had messy red hair and a big red beard that he rarely groomed. And, and round, of course, he had round wire rim glasses. And he moved when he talked around the room like, like he was stepping on fire ant piles on the ground. And if he stood still, they might crawl up inside his pants. Or like maybe they already did. Like he made me remember the old saying, ants in your pants. He had ants in his pants. He preached with his hair on fire. He taught with his arms waving. And he jumped. He would, he would get really excited. And he would jump up on chairs and desks. And he, he used quite colorful language. Language that was, that was uh, frowned upon by the, by the upper administration of this Assemblies of God College. And so he, made, he had frequent... frequent uh, times to visit the president's office and he, he he threw chalk and he we're talking about we went to a higher education and paid for this he threw he threw chalk and erasers at us he got called into the president's office once because one of those pieces of chalk landed inside the shirt of a female student who was born without a sense of irony That's, that was so great. <laughs> it's a word that gets used too much in my estimation, but I will say it here. Vernon Purdy had passion. He had encountered the Spirit of God. And he had read a lot of books. And he, he had total recall, I'm sure of it. He remembered everything. But it was... It wasn't that. It was like, this guy's been with God. Whatever that means, he is so stirred by encounter with the living God, and he can't find the language. I thought he was going to explode. He made me want to think about God more and made me interested in whatever he was talking about. He was a force in my life. One of the most interesting people I ever encountered, but also, more than half the time, one of the most unintelligible, which I, I feel that way when Jesus, when, when I'm really like 
settled in and I'm entering the teachings of Jesus. Like, I'm there. Like, some of these words, they, some of these things, these ideas, they're just, I can't grasp them. But it's like, it's like there's this truth that, that just takes a detour around the, the normal mental processes and just bounces into the ditch and through the tall grass and lands here. And you feel like a fool when you try to explain it because the words diminish it. And even a man as brilliant as Vernon Purdy, the words diminished him trying to talk about what is eternal and what is God and what is encounter and what is truth. He died before he was 50. And when he died, I mean, of course, it's the normal. Purdy's in heaven. Boy, oh boy, God's got his hand full, hands full up there with Purdy. Um, but I, you know, we say they're in heaven, which is to say they're with God. But we don't know what we're saying. And so we wonder, well, where, where are they? And when he died, I thought about a lecture he gave us once about heaven about eternity, about forever, about time and space in the kingdom. And I thought about it again when I was reading John 14. I think it's the closest he ever came to talking like Jesus. It was like something I couldn't really understand, but I couldn't forget. And you know that it's true, but you can't explain it. And when you try to talk about it, you, can't, you start to cry, and people think you're dumb. <laughs> that's how that lecture was that day that's how it made me feel and I think that farewell speech of Jesus is back there and they're going where are you going he's saying no come on come on so we think in a line people die and they go to heaven and we're left behind until we die or until the rapture or until the second coming or whatever that all is we're waiting waiting to go and join them in Jesus in heaven so in this line of thinking my father-in-law Ray is there Dr. Purdy's there and it's good but we're not there yet and it takes some of the shine off of the goodness and we wonder weirdly maybe you don't but I weirdly wonder well does does dad miss us I mean is that diminishing his experience of being with God whatever we're kind of sad about it and Vernon Purdy tried to say something that day in that lecture and I still don't even know how to say it something about how there's another dimension oh yeah another dimension where time and space are no more and that we're already there and we're all already together because it's the kingdom. And in the kingdom, the son is in the father and the father is in the son. And we are in Jesus and Jesus is in us and we are one. And he goes to prepare a place, but he's always with us. I am in the father. Father is in me. Father is in heaven. You are in me. And what holds it all together is this, this place, this thing of there's a place of the eternal now and it's not after you die but it's where God is with God it's always now and that's what's what's so beautiful in a way too because we live with regret I'm 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 feeling regret about yesterday and anxiety about tomorrow 
and the one who holds it all together, there is not that. It is now, and Ray is there, and Purdy is there, and everything is always now with God. No one is waiting. A place where no one is waiting. A place where we already are and aren't. If you could let your imagination go. The eternal now, a space where it's always now for God. What sin? What anxiety? And a space where it's always now for God. And once in a while for us, once in a while we, we seem to kind of break through and into this, this heaven, this eternal. Jesus said, I'm going to prepare a place and I'll come, but I'll be with you and one day you'll be with me and I'm in Father and Father's in me and you're in me. I'll make a space and come get you. You pay attention and then Father and I will come to you. You come here, we'll come there. Purdy and dad are there. You're here too. You don't know it. We're here. It's all the same in the kingdom. I'm in you even when I'm not with you. It's always now and not yet, but with God it's always now. And once in a while, um, when I'm open and I have eyes to see, sometimes I touch it. I get a whiff of it. Not just like this idea of a destination, of a place I am going when I die and a place where some people that I love are but, a, but a, a kingdom, an idea, a something in which to participate, this something of heaven now. When I'm in a conversation with someone that makes me feel intoxicated and it's only nine o'clock in the morning. When for a moment I stop being selfish, not because I white knuckled it or pretended like I wasn't selfish, because I really wasn't selfish. Or when we look at someone we don't even know and our heart fills up with love for them. Or when we think about what that thing that happened years ago and it's been, it keeps robbing for us and we think of it and for once it doesn't hurt. Or when we smell something in the air early in the morning that makes me feel nine years old. You know what I'm talking about? That's this touching it. Or when the metal lark sings. Or when there's a song playing on the radio, dun, 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 and you want to jump on a table and dance. Or when we walk into a room, and I'm not even nervous anymore about how I look or if people will think I'm interested. Interesting. Or when we look at something we've been looking at every day, and it's beautiful like it never was before. Oh, my 27 years, she's still beautiful. Heaven, when we are the best version of ourselves, when we contact that, when we encounter, and you could cry, you could cry because you're happy. A whiff, a whisper. I'm there and I'm here, I'm gone, but I'm not. You'll be with us, we'll be with you. I am in the Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Not like me remembering you and you remembering me, but it's right now. I'm not remembering Vernon Purdy. I'm still participating in the eternal life of those words, in the eternity of that. 
the encounter of that. I'm not remembering dad or Purdy or waiting. We are all held together by Father right now. And once in a while, we recognize it and see it and participate in it. We are already there. I think it's all one moment to God. It's always now. We're just catching up to where he already is. And once in a while, we get a peek at it. And we don't understand it. We don't even know how to talk about it. But I can't stop thinking about it. It's heaven right now. And then right here and there. Let not your hearts be troubled, little children. Love each other till you come here. And I'll come there. And remember that we're all already there. Amen. I have three excellent takeaways. I think you'll be very pleased. You definitely want to write these down. These are definitely some, maybe the most excellent takeaways ever. I'd say right, right up there of all time. Hey, takeaway number one, heaven is where God is, which is here, there, and now. Kaboom. That's what we're encountering, and I know it's not something we can articulate all the time, but that's what we're touching. Number two, heaven is not just a place to go, but a what in which to participate. Let's be paying attention for those encounters during the week, the faces we look in, the eyes created in the image of God, the connection, the whatever, this connection that he who is in the eternal now holds it all together, that we would see that in each other. Number three, practice looking at the heavens. So go out east, go on the other, and at night, and look up at the sky. Go out, go out east, I live out east, during the day on some of those country roads and watch for the red-winged blackbirds and listen for the meadow larks. Look, touch, feel, smell the heavens. And when we do, a, a crack is opened into the eternal and, and it's more than that bird. It's more than that smell. It is, it is God encountering us and us encountering God. And then take some pictures and send them to us. All right? All right, now I want us to just do a little something. Maybe I could... I'm not the greatest preacher in the world... I'm up there, but there's a lot better. I mean, there's, there's at least three better in Timberline. But uh, the thing is, we can make really great, we can help to create great experiences on a weekend at Timberline Church. And I've gone to a lot of church in my life, and I have encountered God. And it's, been, it's changed my life, church has. But um, there's more than church. And unless... You know, Paul the Apostle didn't believe in the resurrection of Jesus until he encountered the resurrected Christ. And we can, we can gain a lot from going to church, but I really want us to encounter God. I want to encounter God. I've been a Christian a long time. I want you to encounter God in ways that you can't explain. But we have to put ourselves in some positions to do that. So let's do our part. Right now, for a couple minutes, we're going to do that here. I want you to ask if you would close your eyes and let's turn our palms up <coughs> now we are encountering something that science does not even understand 
Really? And that thing is called gravity. Feel ourselves being held. You feel it. Feel it in the bottom of our feet and in the seats of our pants. Feel that holding, that holding. Now, consider the holding of the God who loves you and in whose image you were made. I was made. Be held by the one who calls you beloved. Let that feel of gravity inform a sense. I am held. I am known. Holy Spirit, you do your work. Sermons and all that. Do your work. We receive you in Jesus' name. Where, what is it that, who is it that we are missing? And we wish we could have more faith and experience more healing. Eternal God, who is in the eternal now, hold us together with that one. What is it that we're regretting? God, who lives in the eternal now, bring us into this moment of pure love and forgiveness and grace. What is it that we're dreading? God, who lives in the eternal now, keep bringing us back to this. It's all we have. We don't want to miss it. Amen.